0: And even in the small book, we see how patient our God is. That he is slow to anger and abounding in love. The gospel is there even in judgment. Even in those verses we read, he, he said number of times, my people, that our God comes to us uh, in grace and in mercy. And the reality is this, that for some of you, 2016 might have been a dark time for you personally. With either things that you have done or things that you have not done right, things that you wish you have done better, or things that were done to you. And maybe this morning, this New Year's morning, you feel like God is bringing you to court, or even worse, you're bringing yourself to court. Often on New Year's Day, we take ourselves to court so that we can make certain resolutions to make things right for a new year. We often ask, how can I make this new year better? what are those things I'm going to finally do right? In other words, another form of questions that students often ask me is this, is how can I finally get victory over my Christian life? How can I start doing this thing right? And I think this passage this morning is a great way to answer this question for us. It's going to give us three points, three responses. First, it's going to tell us to recognize God's greatness and his justice. Second, it's going to ask us to remember his mercy. And thirdly, well, I'll leave you in suspense. First, to gain victory in our Christian life, we first, we need to recognize God's greatness and his justice. Here in these first three verses, God brings his people to court. The scholars call this a covenant lawsuit. God is suing the Israelites because they are not living up to their side of the covenant. Again, listen to verses one through three. It says, hear what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you mountains, the indictment of the Lord and the enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I worried you? Answer me. In these verses, we see that God is bringing his people to court and he's calling the mountains to be his witness. The mountains have been there from the very beginning. They have seen it all. The mountains have seen the very unfaithfulness of God's people and the faithfulness of God. God is wanting the people of Israel and for us to see the very greatness of our God and that he's a God of justice, that he calls for justice. God is taking his people to court to remind them who they are so that they would repent and live in light of God's mercy. We need to be reminded that our God does not leave sin and injustice alone. Basically, God is calling the people of Israel out. Um, And this morning, I have a question for you. Do you really consider God as great and holy? One who does not leave injustice unanswered. How does this truth of God's holiness, of his greatness, reflect in your life? Has God ever confronted you with your unfaithfulness? For you and for me to live out a life that would bring true change, we need to see God, our God, as great and our God of a God of justice, that one who calls us to repentance. Uh, Listen to this quote by Richard Lovelace from his book, renewal as a way of life. He writes, feeling good about yourself is a primary goal of mainstream psychology, but for biblical religion, it is at best a way on the road to knowing God and at worst a deceptive trap. Only by fixing our attention on God can we, we actually know ourselves, both the grace that he has given and the depth of our needs. If we compare our lives with those other humans, it may be easier for us to say, I'm okay. But if we measure our goodness by the holiness of God, it's another story. Encountering the biblical God can be a deeply unsettling experience. Awareness of God's holiness and the depth of our sin is a precondition of personal renewal. The experience of God's people under the old covenant is simply schooling in this knowledge. The mighty acts of God combined with his exposure to his law are designed to produce a humble awareness of sin and divine goodness. And again, let me ask you this. Have you ever been unsettled by the greatness of our God? Has his law exposed the sin that is inside your heart? Do you realize that because of your sin, you need to come face to face with the very justice of God. And again, for us to grow and to have victory in this Christian life, for us to to live a life, a year, a day, a moment, we need to see our God is great and that that he is a God of justice. Second, uh, we need to remember God's righteous acts. Listen to verses. In verses 4 and 5, God lists the very things that he has done for the people of Israel. And he encourages us to remember what he has done in our lives as well. Uh, Listen to these verses 4 and 5. For I have brought you from the land of Egypt, and I have redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I have sent you before before you, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember what King Balak of Moab devised and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him and what happened from Shuma to Gilgal that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. In these verses, God lists four events, four key events for the very people of Israel to remind them of God's righteous acts for them to remember the great things that the Lord has done so they would know the righteous acts of the Lord. And the reality is this, is that we are people who often forget. Um, uh, one good thing about coming here to Christ Church of Mandarin uh, and hearing my good friend Chuck preach is to hear all these great illustrations from classics that he is reading and have read. And so today I have my own illustration from a classic this Christmas, Home Alone 2 is that scene when, when Kevin and the bird lady uh, talking in the, that great hall, listening to some classical music. Uh, and they have this conversation. Uh, the bird lady starts. Um, it's great to be known as the bird lady. Uh, but, but the bird lady says this. The man I love fell out of love with me. That broke my heart. And when the chance to be loved again came along, I ran away from it. I stopped trusting people. And Kevin said this, no offense, but that seems like a sort of a dumb thing to do. The bird lady continues and says, I was afraid of getting my heart broken again. Sometimes you can trust a person and then when things are down, they forget about you. Kevin says this, maybe they're just too busy. Maybe they don't forget about you, but maybe they forgot to remember you. People don't mean to forget. My grandfather says if my head wasn't screwed on, I would leave it on the school bus. And then Kevin adds this. If you need someone to trust, it can be me. I won't forget to remember you. The bird lady ends the scene. Don't make promises you can't keep. The reality is that we are people who are too busy to remember the great things of the Lord. That what he has done for us. And the good news is this, that our God, our God is the God who never forgets, that he always remembers, that he is the God who is truly with us and for us. And the good news is that our God is one who keeps covenant with his people, uh, that he is the one who will never leave us or forsake us. Our God is our God because of the covenant that he has made towards us, because of his promises that he has made. That we have a God that we can trust in those good days, in those bad days, in those good years, in those bad years. We know that we have a God who has remembered us. He has remembered us so much that he sent his one and only son all the way to the cross to remember his people. And the question is, is are we going to remember him? One author said this, that remembering in the Bible is not merely a matter of calling to mind, but it's actualizing the past into the present. Remembrance equals participation. And this is exactly why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. This is why we come down and kneel down here is to participate. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He's asking us to participate in his work to remember the great things that he has done for us. So I would encourage you this morning, this day, this new year, is to take time to remember what God has done for you. To remember that our God is faithful and that he is true. And to remember that he is with you. I mean, first, think about how how our God has redeemed you. That he has saved you. If it wasn't for God, some of you would have some crazy stories. Because of God, some of you have some crazy stories. That our God comes in and takes us while we are his enemies and he saves us. He redeems us. He restores us. He adopts us. He puts us into a family and calls us righteous. Remember the very time and acts that he has done that for you. That he has freed you from slavery to sin and to bring you the freedom to live unto righteousness. I mean, take time to remember those things, what, how God in his good providence has redeemed you. Second, remember how God has provided leadership and good friends to help you through life, through the thick and through the thin, through the good and through the bad. That our God is a good God, that he doesn't provide himself, but he provides his people to come alongside of us, to teach us, to help us, to bring us back to him, to remind us of the good news, the righteous things of the Lord. So this new year, for us to have lasting change in our life, we need not to focus on the things we wish we could do better, but to focus on our faithful and true God, the God who is with us, And the God who will never leave us or forsake us. So this morning, we've seen that for us to grow, for us to mature, for us to live, we need to first recognize God's greatness and his justice. We need to remember God's mercy. And lastly, we need to respond rightly to our God. Again, after we recognize God's goodness and his greatness, his justice, and remember his mercies, we need to respond rightly to him. In verse 6, we see this question. It says, with what shall I bring before the Lord? This seems to be the question for all people of every age. In other words, how do I respond to God's justice and his mercy? What can I bring? What can I do to make this right? I think most of us have been asking this question this morning on New Year's Day as we think of our resolutions. In other words, it goes like this. How can I make this right before God? What can I do differently this year? How can I make things change? How can I live better? Um, and again, verses six and seven, as we listen to this passage, Micah has these words for us. He says, Shall, shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old, with Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? I think the Bible gives us this impression that since the very beginning of time, we've been trying to pay off our debt with God. We have been wondering, what can I bring to pay off my debt? The reality is this that we cannot pay the price that is due. The problem is, is that in Micah's day and in our day that we have turned God's gracious covenant into a contract. There is something in the human heart that wants to pay off our debt to this gracious and good God. Even in these verses, we see the progression where he starts with burnt offerings to a, a thousand ramps to 10,000 rivers of oil to even his firstborn. But the good news is, this, is that the New Testament teaches the, what God has done in Jesus is the answer to Micah's question about atonement for the sin of my soul. The reality is that our debt is too much to pay ourselves, and the only way for it to be paid is is through Jesus Christ, the righteous. The good news of the gospel is that our God gave up his first and only son for my transgression and for yours. And so we need to live in response of Jesus facing the very justice of God on our behalf so we can experience God's mercy, his loving kindness. And so how do we respond? Uh, We come to verse eight, uh, that famous passage. uh, Some have called it the Micah mandate in verse eight. And it says this, he has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So how does God want us to respond in light of his greatness, in light of his justice, in light of his mercy? He wants our very selves. He wants our lives. He wants our love. God wants us to live out his character and nature to a hurting and broken world. The Lord desires these forms of love, of, of justice, of mercy and humility to be lived out. First, justice. Which basically means the, the way prescribed or the rightful action for righteousness, for us to, to live fairly and true. He wants us to live with mercy of loving kindness. Uh, this is the Hebrew word hesed of, for loving kindness that just as God has shown us mercy, we must demonstrate that mercy to others. We must graciously, graciously serve the hurts, wants, and needs all around us. Uh, the great picture of this is the Boaz in the story of Ruth, where he was hesed, that he showed mercy to Ruth. And lastly, to walk humbly with our God. For us to be people of justice and mercy We must walk humbly with our God. Um, One author put it this way. Micah's threefold requirement cannot be separated, packaged, and labeled. The three qualities hold together. It's only by applying ourselves to the third, to walk humbly with our God, that we can begin to practice the first two, to do justice and to love kindness. That is also what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Justice and kindness are, in fact, the essential qualities in the nature of God himself. They do not come down from heaven wrapped in parcels. They are expressed in and through people who walk humbly with our God. So so this new year, God is calling us calling you and me to walk humbly with that same God who's been there from the very beginning, the faithful and true God who is faithful to an unfaithful people and that he calls us as we look into his justice and his greatness, as we taste and see his mercy, his loving kindness towards his people. He wants us to be people of justice and mercy, people who truly walk with him in a humble manner. See, the reality is this, that God has called the church to transform the world by the very power of the gospel. And we need to know God and love him and to share him with a broken world. The reality is that Israel is supposed to show the character and nature to God to the whole world by showing them justice and mercy and walking with their God. But we see here through Micah that they actually did the opposite. God is calling us to be people as we see his greatness, as we see that he is a true God of justice, that Jesus on our behalf faced the very justice of God so that we can see his mercy, that we can experience his loving kindness towards us. So this new day, this Sunday, this new year, that we can leave this place and walk humbly with the very creator of the universe so that we can show this world true justice and true mercy. So on this New Year's Day, do not take yourself to court and wonder how you can make sacrifices, I mean resolutions, for 2017 to make yourself better. Take yourself to the very throne room of the living God, the faithful and true one. This, year, this new year, do not make resolutions on what you did not do well in 2016, but take a look at the very justice and mercy of our God. And then respond rightly in response of God's greatness and his unending mercy. And then resolve to walk humbly before your God who is faithful and who is true. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, uh, we come to you as your people. And may we see this morning that you are a God um, who always remembers his people that you never forget to remember us. We see that at the very beginning of time that you have predestined your people, that you have called us, uh, that you have adopted us, that you have redeemed us, that you have saved us. Um, And even now in this time as we are longing for you to come and make all things right, uh, you remember us in your providence. Uh, you are with us. You're with us through your word and through your people and through your spirit. Uh, And you remind us of your righteous acts that you have towards us. And this morning I pray that we would see you as a God of justice, that we would see your greatness, uh, that we see that you would come and call the mountains uh, to show how faithful you have been and how unfaithful we have been. And that we would be reminded of the very righteous acts that you have done throughout the ages. With the exodus and with Jesus being born a little baby and growing up and living perfectly on our behalf and dying a death. Uh, May we remember that very moment in time where we experience your loving kindness towards us. May we cherish the thought that 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 moment, that feeling does not stop. Each new morning, each new day, each new year is surrounded by your loving kindness towards us. And I pray that we would be wrapped, so wrapped in that truth, that as your people, as your church, as your people, that we would truly walk humbly with you. That we would be people of justice that we would be people of mercy. Uh, and we pray that it would be true this new day, this new week, and this new year. Uh, we thankful. We are thankful for you and your mercy towards us, your people. And we pray all this in your great and wonderful name. Amen.